This week's podcast is all about life after divorce. Welcome back to the Mortgages Money and More podcast. I'm Craig Skelton, and this week's podcast is looking at life after divorce. And who better to get on the podcast to talk about that than Michelle Costello, mortgage advisor, and Jamie Ben, financial advisor? Welcome both to the podcast. Jamie, you all right? Yeah, really good. Thanks, Craig. All good here. Are you? Good. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Michelle, you're okay? I'm perfect. Thank you. Monday. Good, good. So this week, good. Good. That's good news. Good news. Um. So yeah, this week's podcast. Just wanted to talk about because normally, like Michelle, we've had you on the podcast before talking about mortgage capacity reports, and we're going to delve a little bit back into those and talk about those, um, which obviously are key and part of the process when you're looking at getting divorced. And obviously, Jamie, we've talked about things in terms of pension stuff like that before post-divorce, so I thought it would be a good idea to get both of them just really have a chat and a discussion around really a crucial time in people's lives because some people are, and this is a really good, exciting topic, isn't it, really? Like, what a great way to talk, like, let's get a podcast to talk about the depressing thing of getting divorced, but obviously it happens, it happens to a lot of people, it's happening more and more now with obviously the, the change in the regulations because they've changed it now, whereas now you've got, you don't have to give a reason for divorce now. So that's made things a little bit easier, it's fair to say. Yeah. And I think what I want to do is just like say, just have a chat around because when I just, something I just sort of said there that about preparing for divorce and life after divorce is people, there's people that are going through a divorce that maybe have been, are prepared for it and knew that they they were the, the person looking to end the relationship and um, end up getting divorced, where there might be people in the relationship that's a bit of a panic situation because they weren't expecting it and they weren't, it's not, and it was something that literally was a right hook and a ball out of the blue. So I think it's just trying to just go through and be a bit more of a calming sort of situation where, Unfortunately, people go through it. It's not generally a nice thing to go through, even if it's an amicable divorce. It's also not a because you've got solicitors involved. It's all very serious. You've got people talking about you, your life, parenting, your children, your relationship that don't really are total strangers to you, which is not mm-hmm. something that people find easy talking about that. But yeah, it was just. It's, it is really a sort of a fair to say a stressful time, Michelle. Is that fair to say? No, I'm not, I'm not picking on you because you have been divorced. Don't worry, I'm not picking on like I'm not sort of talking about it from experience. I'm just sort of bringing you into the conversation to to get your viewpoint on the stresses of divorce. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's it surely got to be one of the worst points, you know, that you can go through with your thought in your life. Um, to your life partner potentially isn't it that you've just decided that you don't want to be with they don't want to be with you and yeah you go your own separate ways and I guess it's just there's that element of it but then equally there's an element of it of just you're stepping into a complete unknown aren't you as well so there's that fear factor of what is my future going to look like you know how's it going to feel and what am I going to do and you know there's always one person in a relationship well it certainly is in mine that does look after the finance and looks after all of that side of things 
and I guess it's just being available to that person but equally I guess a little bit more so being available to the person that needs a hand holding because it's not something they've ever really done before I looked after and a lot of people in that situation I think they feel a little bit silly that they don't really know stuff and they kind of apologize before they've even started and say I'm really sorry I don't know and I kind of have to step back and go but like say for example you're a nurse it's your occupation and I think well I wouldn't walk in to see you and say I'm really sorry I don't know how to inject myself with this injection that I need do you know what I mean and I just think you don't need to apologize because you don't know something and I think it's just having that ability to be human and say listen it's absolutely fine that's why I'm here to give you that spot and that help um you know through that process but yeah absolutely I think it is it's it's definitely got to be a challenging time absolutely I think you're absolutely right it's a good point Michelle with regards to the majority of relationships because obviously we we deal with financial services we're in mortgage brokering we're in financial advice so we see people's circumstances they clients tell us things that they don't tell anybody like other people so we and it is generally speaking very and my comment comments are always general that you tend to find that there is one person in the relationship that deals with finances there certainly is in mine and michelle you're nodding as well so and jamie looks like he's agreeing so we've got three people in podcasts and I know for a fact that's how that's how most and it and it is so not only you're going through a stressful time of divorce, home, unsettled, and everything else, it's then also as well, it can be a not knowing thing situation as well. We've like you say that like not knowing the finances and people feel as though you're being judged or people are judgmental you've been very judged in terms of your personal circumstances, which you didn't choose to be on display is that fair jamie yeah very fair i think there's i think i think it's a really key point michelle brings up and and it it's it, it extends further than that sometimes doesn't it when the you you might have family that are worried about more about what's happening to their individual family members children um what what they might be emotionally going through as well and the financial element of things especially in an amicable divorce can kind of start to fall quite quite low in the pack in in people's kind of agenda and uh, I suppose Michelle's in in a similar boat to me where you get to really see the effect of of what good advice and and what difference it can make by starting that early and having somebody that you can just bounce ideas from and and see what is fair and, and what it what does go on because it's never anything that that anybody's looking forward to um certainly not on the the wedding day maybe further down the line you never know but um it's something that when we do get round to we've got to make sure as with everything you've got a you've got a process that you can follow that's going to support you and, and do the best for you no, i think definitely like yeah you, you you're not walking down the aisle preparing yourself for uh, <laughs> listening to this podcast thinking yeah. i need to get live i need to make sure i've got everything covered in life after divorce absolutely absolutely not but I think it's sort of the, like the points you make are, are really valid because you want, if, if you're not used to dealing with the finances, you don't understand what processes are with regards to how do you set things up? How do you talk? How do you get your pension set up? How did that get set up? Is the pensions elsewhere? Like, is there, like, how do you get a mortgage? What What is all that? All the things you may not have dealt with yourself because they're the person in the relationship handled that. You're then actually thinking, where does that start then? Like what, there is just so much uncertainty for an individual that is going through both sides, the 
individual, like both sides of the relationship, both people that are going through a divorce, this, there's a lot of uncertainty for, for everybody. And I think that's does, doesn't help heighten the stress, shall we say. So we we deal with sort of stress on a daily occurrence of people sort of say that moving home is stressful. It's one of the top three most stressful things you will do, including divorce is one of the top three most stressful things you do. So I think we've got two out of three covered. And nurse is the other bit, so Michelle. So I think we've covered everything. We'll, we'll have everything, single aspect covered. Of health is a stressful thing as well. So we've got pretty much all the bases covered. But I think for somebody that is going through divorce, knowing that this is something that's going to happen, people that are party to this and part and helping them through deal with that, really the two main parts are a solicitor, which is one, and then a financial advisor as well. Is that really the main people that are involved with this, Michelle? I would have said so. I can't think of any sort of other party or element that needs to be involved in it. And I think the sort of the two potentially could go hand in hand, really, couldn't they, in the sense of, you know, you, you get that financial advice and that financial support, and then you sort of can run that through a solicitor to run it through the, you know, the the, the other party solicitor as well and just confirm, you know, is this sort of fair from, you know, from your side as well? Is this something we can work with? But definitely I think you need the financial support because otherwise you, how do you, it's kind of the blind leading the blind, isn't it, otherwise? Because how do you know what what's sort of fair and what's right and sort of projecting for the future as well? You need to be clear and no, I guess as a person that financially you're going to be sound and you're going to be all right. And the only way you're going to get that is by getting that advice from someone that, like Jamie that can look at, you know, your pensions, you, you know, if you've got investments and helping you sort of untangle all of that and understand all of that. And then from my perspective, looking at the mortgage side of things of, you know, if they are looking to buy another property or keep the home, is that, is that viable? You know, what's that going to cost you to do, etc. So, yeah, definitely both parties need to be involved to, to help that journey progress yeah i think and i'm just going to piggyback on the back of it craig i'm sorry to uh not even ask me a question no no it's fine, but, uh, no, it's fine. such a good answer from michelle and, and i couldn't agree more um and I, and I think there's one one example that might help to bring it in into people's imagination a little bit more is is using the pensions um you know most employed people don't know the full details of what the pension is what happened if you started trying to figure out percentages of the pension fund that you had to allocate to each individuals, then you had to decide what to do with it next and then pick your own pension that you were going to put it into next that was going to be for however many years. And I'm using the pension example because that's my, my life, but it's the same with the mortgage and every other financial point that you've gone through. There's a starting place of knowledge that you have to go through and, and to do it at a time like that. It, it, it's just adding so much pressure onto yourself when a helping hand, whether whichever route it is that you're going down or even just somebody to have a chat to and go, I'm not mad for thinking like this, am I? It, it's invaluable at a time like that. No, definitely. It's just, it's just working with somebody that you can trust and sort of building that relationship up with that individual because, yes, there's going to be various part, parties involved with this um, and from a financial advice point of view, whether that's the mortgage or pension investment, all the aspects of financial services, there are people out there that have got great, are able to have great relationship with clients, able to have, build up that trust and be that person that they can turn to and ask those 
stupid questions, shall we say. I think that's that's the thing as well. You don't want to be felt as though you're being judged by the solicitor. You don't want to be felt you're being judged by your financial advisor, your mortgage advisor as well. But there are people that do this day in, day out that are there to help you out through the process. So I think it is, it's, it is about taking advice, very much impartial advice. You've got to have your own advice. And we'll talk about the mortgage capacity reports and things like that, Michelle, which is something that does give you a, a starting point, really, with regards to the advice following through to, to you, Jamie, with looking at long term and how you get yourself back on back on your feet and get and get stability. But wrapped around all this, it is about it's important to reach out for advice as soon as possible, really. And it's like don't try and like there's nothing worse than trying to do something yourself and then halfway through the process realizing that you can't do something like this yourself and then you involve mortgage advisor financial advisor and then you might have gone down the right path you might have agreed to stuff already you might be unraveling things and having to unravel things that you've done so just get involved from the start michelle is that fair to say and it's better for you i'm supposing as well michelle if you're involved from the start yeah, absolutely, because I think the last thing anyone in the financial world wants to do is try and unpick something that's kind of already started. And yeah, I guess try to play a little bit of catch up, aren't you, as well, and kind of understand not only what the picture was previously, but what the picture is now, and just trying to get your head around all of that. And I think just from a point of view, as if as a customer going through that sort of situation, um, surely I guess you want to know from the outset what are your options and how do you progress with them options and yeah I, I'm, very, I'm very good at looking at phrases but it's the one that the, the horse has bolted from the whatever that phrase is you know i don't know what it is i'm not very good at but we all know what i mean someone can help me out that'd be grand um but yeah just yeah it's it is imperative because you know then as a person as well like I say what what is doable and what's not doable and i guess for me i think it, it would heighten the level of anxiety in me that i probably wouldn't want to deal with if I felt like I had to start all this and do all this myself and you really don't like I said we are here to help and support and and give that empathy as well that's required in that situation you know we're, we're, we're professionals but also we're humans and we're people as well and we want to help we want to support no, exactly and the phrase we're looking for coming from <laughs> Jim, but I think it is closing the door after the horse has bolted that's the one that yeah so yeah i think that was the phrase you're looking for but it is a great point i think the whole point of this and the whole point of the podcast that we do is we never sort of telling people what to do it's just talk always understanding what your options are and this is the, the idea of this podcast is to understand what your options are a really heightened time so this is not just a somebody looking to move home or remortgage the house or looking to set up the pension or looking to invest some money this is a real emotional time for for everybody that's involved with it and i think like you say it's just not it's just understanding what your options are and taking that advice before the horse is bolted michelle as you said <laughs> yeah jamie's anything you want to add that obviously apart from Helping yeah. out Michelle out because we kept quiet there, Michelle. To be fair, we just let you <laughs> squirm and think about whether what's the say, what's that saying again? What's that saying again? We did just leave you out to dry, dry there, Michelle. So apologies for that. <laughs> yeah, no, and you, you know me very well, and I always have something to say as well, don't you? I can't just sit here quietly. But um, 
I thought it was a really good point when you were bringing up um, the impartiality as well, because I, I've I've certainly had some cases in the past where there's maybe been one party that has been more in control of finances, and 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 that's fine. That's the way the relationship worked. But when when it came to the the time for divorce, um, the the other party. Um, she'd never spoken to anybody in a, a finance world. She didn't have any connections. She'd, she'd said hi and bye to a few people a few times, but, the, you know, she, she was in a situation where she felt like everybody in a circle, she couldn't really turn to and explain, and they understood her circumstances. And I know that was a real stretch for her at the time, which is why when, when we had a chat, maybe five years after having last spoken to her, she was really thankful that I was still in business and, and able to help. And I think that's the, the the kind of service that you you want in the long run is just to know that we're here to do a job. And, and whether we've known you from the day you were born up until today or we've just met you the first time when you've walked into our office, it's our job to try help you and give you the best financial advice we can. We're not here to judge. We don't then start running around and going, oh, my God, what's happened with this? Because otherwise we wouldn't be in this job um our motivations there to try and help you and, and give you the best advice to get you as close to the situation that you were in prior or at least have a plan in, in place to get you there that's no, a great point jamie and you, you're right with what they say picking up on the impartial bit because that's the thing is that you tend to find that you're not especially dealing with and it's easy for us to say because with the, the firm that we are and the people that work within the firm and both of you it's very much about the service you deliver to that client and the trust and the rapport that you get and really the the advice it's not just a number which is difficult sometimes because you could be felt like you just treat like a number and yes i know yeah. some really good solicitors but i know some absolute shockers that just don't answer phones don't deal with clients don't like so like i say when you're dealing with somebody like that then maybe you've not got the best divorce solicitor or maybe they don't speak to you, or maybe they don't return your call, but there's no, or maybe there's just no rapport there whatsoever. You just do feel like a number, which is fine for certain people in certain circumstances. But then as a financial advisor and as a mortgage advisor, you tend to get delve a little bit more. And because you've got a building rapport, because you're offering trusted advice, you then find the client will open up to you a lot more. And you, they tend to be your, you tend to be the sounding board and things like that as well. So you take on far more a lot of the best mortgage brokers, financial advisors that I know and trust. So I say that part of the job is counselling, and it always will be because that's people are talking at really sort of crucial times in life and milestones in the life. So that's just looking at it from a. Obviously, it's difficult to understand and talk about a process with regards to what comes next and what happens now and things like that. I think the thing is, the main thing I'm understanding from today's and from what you both said is that if I'm facing divorce, the first thing I need to do is obviously getting a solicitor involved and getting a financial advisor involved as well. That's the start of the process, is that that's fair to say. So from... Your, we'll come to you first of all, Michelle, from your point of view. Obviously, you're going to help them move on in terms of helping them with a mortgage, helping with the protection plans and all those sorts of things once the divorce has been probably finalised and they've got the settlement and stuff like that. But just talk a little bit about how you help them from that initial, I'm getting to, to like divorced, 
come and then that end bit of like now I can help you find your house that you do get involved somewhat with the in between and that's the mortgage capacity report so do you want to just sort of talk about those Michelle yeah absolutely um so a mortgage capacity report um I guess it's very much, well, it's a little more detailed, but it's like an agreement in principle in terms of going forward with the mortgage. Um, but it's written, it is an actual report that can be used um, by yourself. You can pass it on to the person that you're looking to, to divorce and also it can be used by the solicitors just to help iron out that deal in terms of finance and how the finance are going to be split, um, sort of, you know, following the divorce. And it very much looks at the affordability of a mortgage um, with the panel of lenders that we've got available to establish what can somebody borrow based on either the income as it is now or if there's children involved, is there going to be maintenance payments? If there are, then let's include the maintenance payments and let's establish based on that figure, you know, how much, you know, can you then borrow? You know, somebody, you don't know anyone's circumstance, but, you know, if, if somebody works part-time, they may need to go to work full-time because they've got to, you know, take on a mortgage and a debt in their own name rather than it being split. So it's just basically, again, having somebody to sound all the options with and say, okay, so if this happens or if this happens or that happens, what would that mean to me in terms of looking at a mortgage and looking at my own property? And then it's all documented down because with all the will in the world, nobody can retain that in the, their own minds and then take away. So it's all documented down and provided. It's, it's a written document that can be used. Like I said, very healthy and strong to have that state was listed to say right I've spoken to somebody who's got that advice and that expert knowledge to tell me that based on these different scenarios this is where potentially i can stand with a mortgage so therefore based on any settlement it needs to work around these numbers for me because out of these different options option c potentially let's see is going to be the most realistic of how things are going to work out for me so i need to be able to have a settlement that allows me to to go with option c and it's just such a powerful tool because it, it's it's from professionals who can argue that that's not right or you you know you're wrong in what you're saying, especially if it's not amicable as a divorce. Um, you know, one party might think the other party is trying to get something or gain something that potentially they think they shouldn't be having. Whereas, if, like, say, if my health being sought, then it's again go back to being impartial. Um, I am impartial. I'm not going to sort of side with one over the other. I'm going to give the facts, and that they are the facts as to, you know, what someone can lend going forward. It is, and I think looking back, it's sort of it's a good that you compare it to the decision in principle, shall we say? Because you tend to find that just relating to that when people are buying the first home or move, moving home, they sort of think, right, we can we can afford this go out there, start viewing houses, start looking at houses, then they get the reality of actually you can't have X, it's slightly lower. So then once somebody's seen what the top end can buy and then they find out they can't get that, then they're having to then compromise on things that they've thought from a home point of view. And it's the same thing with what you're talking about now, Michelle, with the capacity reports, because it's again, you're going into the a very challenging, very stressful, very emotional situation fully prepared and your solicitor knows as well that you're fully prepared because your solicitor can't give you a capacity report that's why they refer to people like you that do talk about and are qualified to do your capacity report so it's again you're going to seek a professional that has got it is you're just stating facts there's no sort of gray with this it's a case of this is your this is your scenario 
moving forward this is what you can borrow and then you just then you're getting an idea of sort of what what reality is going to look like post-divorce rather than sort of going through divorce thinking right now then michelle I've, I've got a divorce now i've got this payout and then i need to i need to find out i need to buy a house I need to find somewhere for the kids i need to find somewhere for myself whatever the circumstances are and the realization then might be that actually you can't you might need more out of the settlement or especially when kids are involved and things like that it's like well you might need more and you might need that for certain areas of schooling and, and all those sorts of things as well so it's just making sure that you're fully prepared to have the best outcome for you and whoever's important in this divorce moving forward. So is that that's fair to say, Michelle? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Brill, thanks very much for that, Michelle, in terms of explaining the capacity reports and making sure that, again, being involved early, Jamie, from your point of view, from a financial advising, from pension investments, at what stage do you generally get involved with and what are the benefits? I know they're going to be speaking to you early because I think that's the key message to quite this is talk to a financial advisor, talk to a mortgage broker as soon as you know this is something you're going to be going through. At what stage do you get involved, Jamie? I suppose it is client-led because, you know, we... I, I would like to say that at a similar time of instructing a, a solicitor is always a good time to speak to us, to to be a fully informed client and understand where you're, you're looking from both sides of the of the cliff and on both sides of the fence. You can go, well, actually, my solicitor says these are my points to consider. Financial advisor says these are my main points. I've got to, got to consider quickly. Gives you a, a nice starting platform. And, and much like we said before, having a, a hand to hold at that time is is often a, a good thing and maybe just guides you away from any little um, pit holes that you, you could fall in as well. Um, so I'd always try and advise that, that come speak to us early. The The biggest part of, of a, a messy divorce, other than the family and, and you know, the, the people involved, the humans, um, is, is the money and, um, and and what you're going to do afterwards and how comfortable you're going to be. And I think the pensions are, are probably the most complicated form of that. And and the more time we have to act and assess, the, the better it is for the client because we've got better, better timescales to get all the information, make sure everybody's fully informed and, and we've got a really solid plan moving forward. Um, so it, I'm kind of answering your question with a question, which is is more more a case of how much do you know about the financial situation? Are you investing left, right, and centre, and therefore, yeah, wait an extra week if once you've told your solicitors because you've got a really good idea of where you're going, or if you are brand new to to the whole situation, you've never dealt with finances before, you feel like you'd be you, you might be sat there clueless, then. Come speak to us. We're, we're never ever, or maybe Michelle will. I haven't seen her do it, but I've never seen anyone turn around and go, "Oh no, that was a really stupid question." You know, I'm, I don't want to help you anymore because question. It's just it, it's fanciful. So um, for us, the more stupid questions, often the better, because we know that you want to understand and you're listening and you're, you're doing your best to follow where we are. So if if you get in early with us, hopefully you understand that's the way that we work um and and you can draw all the positives that are available from it rather than last minute um 
charging in going, I need a pension. I don't care what happens with it. I just need something so it doesn't go to my, my ex-partner or because of this, that and the other instead. So that's my, my long answer. Okay. No, no, and I get, and I appreciate the long answer, and I get what you sort of because it, it is with anything. It's client-led. It has to be sort of bespoke, and it sort of fits that client's circumstances. And not every single, not every client's the same. Not two, not one person's the same situation as the next. And I think that's the the thing for me is like that you are going to assess somebody. You are going to look at what's right for them now and right for them long-term as well. But I think it's, it's then, because then going through a, like going through the divorce and being in that situation that they're at right now, your job, both of you really, is to give that client stability, but also as well to give them hope that they're, which is quite deep really. I think it's quite a deep thing for me to say, but I think that's what you're there to do is like that there is, life after the divorce there is you are going to michelle you're going to sit down with them and know that actually they can get a mortgage and they can do go out there looking at houses no and going through a divorce and actually there is some we can find somewhere to live we can there is somewhere to move on to and like for you jamie again it's like giving them hope that yes i am going to be financially stable and financially secure after the divorce settlement's gone through and whether that's sort of whichever side of the fence they're on it doesn't really matter really it's just giving people that stability but that real hope that there is something that i can cling on to moving forward through these stressful times and whenever anybody's dealing with stressful situations people just look out for hope and cling on to that hope really and whatever they do and that's just part and parcel of being a human being but that's what you're there to do this the same as the solicitors they're going to give them hope that there's there is life after this traumatic time. So, um, yeah, I want to end on that poignant note, I think, to be fair. <laughs> I like Anything else we've missed off or not talked about? Not for me. No, no, I don't think so. I think, like, I think the thing is, like, for me, listening to the both of you and talking to the both of you, I think the main thing that I want to take away from this is seeking advice from a financial aspect as soon as possible really and don't try and go down the you've got 10 steps don't try and get a financial advisor joined into the party on step five the, the financial advisor the solicitor has to be with you hand in hand from step one really so the thing for me is don't bury your head in the sand get a finance you, you will naturally everybody's got instincts will be i need a solicitor when they they're going through divorce they also need financial advice as well so um but bro Thank you so much for your time and thank you for trying to make a very enjoyable, enlightening and joyful topic of divorce be find a little bit more, um, yeah, a little bit more less stressful and a bit more relaxed, hopefully so. But thank you. Thanks, Michelle, for your time. No, thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks, Craig, for having us back. Thank you. And th you see what I did there? I just you both the individual because that just makes it easier than both talking about it and saying thanks so much. But genuinely, thanks so much for both of your time. And no doubt you'll be uh, back on the podcast soon talking about further exciting topics in the world of financial advice. But thank you, both of you. Thanks, Thank Ray. you. Bye.